0: Good morning. I'm Karen Ottoboni, and this is TKO. On the air with me this morning is Julie Beersley. Julie, you there? I'm here. Shout Good out. There, there we go. I got to get your mic up. And then on the other side, I'm doing two today, folks. Two Zoom people on with me, which is a first. Uh, Patrick Hickey, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning, Karen. Good. Get to check my volumes back. So these two folks are with the SEIU local 1021 which is um a large bargaining unit i was talking to him before the show and if this is the largest bargaining unit for uh, mendocino county actually um your the organization encumbers er, it covers not only the county employees but also mendocino college community college and then the city of fort bragg so it's the biggest bargaining unit in all of Mendocino County, they've been around a long time. I used to have Joe Wildman, Hoffman on the air for years, and we'd go around and around and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to talk, I wanted to talk to him about labor in the county. Um, since it is the biggest organization that covers labor, they've got a very good perspective on the whole issue of labor, what it takes to be employed in the county, what it takes to be livable in the county and all of that. Um, I will say they are in the middle of negotiating um, their new contract. So we'll talk about that, but that'll be later in the show. So let's start out, I guess we're going to start out with Julie, is that right? Give us some history and stuff.
1: Okay, well thank you Karen for having us. I really appreciate this opportunity to be able to um, to speak to the community about, about what's going on um, and what we're doing. Uh, my name is Julie Beardsley. I'm president of our local chapter of SEIU 1021. I have been, um, I've lived in Mendocino. Uh, I've been working for the county for about six and a half years now. Um, I have deep, deep roots in this community. Came out to California in the late 60s, um, raised my kids here. Um, and,
0: uh, um, yeah, I, I, deep, I care deeply about this community. Well, I think the other thing important. I just want to let get listeners know is that you've worked in city government before, didn't you? Say you we're down south in SoCal. That's correct. For
1: um, um for about sixteen years, I was um with uh, the County of Los Angeles, and for most of that, I was with the CEO's office, and I worked for the Service Integration Branch, and we did uh, we had many many huge projects. Uh, and I got a really good, um, I had some great mentors, and I had um, got a really good idea of how county
0: government's supposed to be run. There you go, that's what we need here in our small little community. Um, So, Patrick, why don't you give us a quick uh, intro for you, and then I guess we'll jump
2: back to Julie for history. Yeah, my name is Patrick Hickey. I'm the field representative with SEIU Local 1021, so I, I work with with Julie and the executive board and our, our shop stewards and our leaders throughout the county um, to make sure that, um, you know, things are run properly, that people are treated fairly, that they're compensated, uh, you know, adequately for the work that they do. Um, and the one, uh, one group that you you failed to mention is we also do represent uh, Mendocino Superior Court workers here in the county. Um, and I think an important thing to, to note is, you know, as the largest employer in the county, uh, Mendocino, the, the county government is a real economic driver in this community, and it really has a big impact on local business. Um, so, you know what the county does and how the county treats its employees really um, directly impacts our small businesses and, our businesses and such. So, um, you know what the county does in this instance, I think, is going to have a real impact for years, years to come.
0: Sorry, I didn't mention the Superior Court. I always consider it part of the county government, and I realize that it's totally administered, and the funds come from different different sources, correct? Is that yeah, right, Patrick? it sort of got
2: spun off from the county a number of years back.
0: Yeah, I forget about that. It got spun off, I think, while I was here, and so it kind of all goes to one so let me just i don't know who wants to pick it up but let's just i want to give the listeners an idea of some numbers here of how many people you are actually representing and uh where they kind of fit in i I want to focus on the county government because that's kind of my thing um so I, i want to hear i'd like to know how many people you represent at the county's level and i know you don't represent all of the the county members because i know the deputies the sheriff's department has a separate union or a separate um labor negotiation unit so maybe some, well, either one of you could give our listeners kind of a an over overarching view of labor and who you represent what other organizations or labor un, or negotiating um groups you work with to make sure the county's covered uh, either one of you pick up on that
1: um, sure. We have um, about 850 members currently, and um, this ranges from uh, uh, from our public health nurses and social workers um, building and planning uh, to uh, our, our staff assistants uh, and our eligibility workers. And, uh, you know, these are the people that uh, keep our roads safe and passable. These are the people that make sure that our Food and water is safe and environmental health our environment's a healthy one that sustains us you know and we keep you and your friends and your neighbors safe and provide shelter during emergencies we're the police and the fire that you call during emergencies and you know we're also social services that protect our most vulnerable residents children seniors adults you know people with disabilities And I just want to say that during this past two and a half years of the pandemic, I saw our county workers go above and just completely, um, you know, go overboard uh, in their dedication to helping the community. I saw county workers um, go into homes where they knew people had COVID and they went in anyway because that was their job. You know, I saw uh, emergency workers working, you know, 12, 14, 15 hours a day setting up emergency shelters and getting people, you know, who were experiencing homelessness to um, make sure they had a safe place to recover. Um, And so, you know, our workers go the extra mile every day to make sure that, that people have food and shelter and medical care. I mean, these are, are, are these are your friends and neighbors, and these are some of the most dedicated people that I've ever met.
0: So, if we look internally into the county structure, you've got you represent the line workers, and then as we go up to middle management, how far does your representation go? Representation go that you cover? I know it's not department heads; you don't cover the department heads; they're not in the union. So, how far do union workers go? Middle management and above? Where does it kind of? How's that work, Patrick?
2: So, we represent the line employees and supervisors, but the mid-managers have their own separate bargaining unit. The, the managers have their own separate bargaining unit. You know, as you mentioned, the deputy sheriff's association represents uh, folks. Uh, the Teamsters represent uh, attorneys um, and um, probation officers at the county. So, I think there's about five or six different bargaining units, but we represent, uh, you know, 850 out of the 1150 or so County employees, so you you are correct. We represent the vast majority of county employees.
0: And do you work with the other unions, like the Teamsters or the? Uh, um, I'm not sure. What is the deputy? the The ones that represent the sheriff's department is that D-
2: DSA. DSA. Yeah, we okay. definitely do. We're, we communicate. Um, you know, because the county does try to set a pattern and treat everybody pretty much the same in terms of, you know, benefits and and you know, pension and cost of living and all that sort of stuff. So we do try to. Um, You know, try to check in with each other to make sure that we're sort of on the same path. Same same page. Yeah.
0: So, the the SEIU workers' uh, contract is up now. It
2: seems to be on a three-year cycle, if I'm not correct. Um, Is that right, Patrick? Yeah, so we've been in negotiations now since April. Um, Our contract expired the end of June, but it's still in effect why we continue to negotiate. and, you know, the, a real big concern that we have is, you know, the county's been claiming that, you know, the county has a financial crisis, but what they really have is a vacancy crisis. You know, uh, you've probably heard that, you know, the county has 27% of vacancy rate. So more than one in four of county jobs are unfilled. Um, so that's a huge amount of, of empty seats, of work that's not getting done, of things that are getting delayed, of services that are not being provided. Um, You know, we've taken a look at the county's books on, you know, when they claim that there were these financial issues, and that's just not what we found. You know, overall, the county's financial health is good. You know, the majority of indicators are strong so we'll, so let's we'll get into that but i just wanted to get back to
0: the um, I, i'm curious about the cycles of negotiations so does it work out that the other unions that are that represent our workers in the county do the do they the, the contracts do the contracts come up at the same time or do they stagger to give the county some breathing room or do they do it all in the same year how's that work
2: But generally, they they all expire at the same time because the county wants to address all the various issues and and their benefit programs uh, together. So we're just coming off a three-year agreement. Um, Sometimes it's three years, sometimes it's two years. Uh, This current agreement is potentially going to be a one-year agreement. Um, This last contract um, was actually transformational for this county. Um, We can talk later about, you know, some of the history here in the county. But it really was a step in the right direction. It was starting to move Mendocino County closer to market rate, closer to our neighbors, to other rural counties. It was starting to make us competitive, was making it possible that we could recruit and retain people, um, which is why their current stance and their current proposals are, are so troublesome because it's really putting us back. It's, it's sending us backward and it's, it's putting the county and heading in the wrong direction.
0: Okay, I'm just going to, I'll get you to, Julie, did you want to have something to that real quick?
1: Yeah, I just, I wanted to just jump in and say that, um, you know, in 2019, 2020, when the recession happened, there were massive cuts to salaries and layoffs. And, you know, people lost their houses, people were homeless. And in the intervening 10 years since, you know, um, in between, you know, 2009 and 2019, when we negotiated our last contract, our employees got nothing. I mean, they just fell further and further behind economically. And, I mean, literally people, you know, we had people working for the county who were living in their cars. And that's not, you know, that's not okay. That's not okay. Uh, So in 2019, when we negotiated this contract... Um, You know, we got a 9% increase over three years, um, 3% each year, but that still didn't bring us up to market value because we had fallen so far behind. And we're just, we are really having problems recruiting and retaining staff.
0: All right, I'm going to just take a moment to let everybody know you're listening to TKO. I'm Karen Audubonny, and today my guests are Julie Beardsley and Patrick Hickey. They are uh, with uh, the local SEIU 1021, and we're talking about labor and issues and how it affects the county as a whole. Um, I want to jump to just a slightly different topic and then we'll get into all the negotiations and what it entails but i one of the one of the things i had an opportunity to read last night is last year seiu put together a housing report and it was really well done Um, they interviewed i guess it was based on interviewing their employees and maybe anybody else who wanted to interview a survey Uh, you can i really want to tell people if you want to go read this it really does give you just a synopsis of housing and the issues that our employees are uh, the county employees are uh, up against but it also is reflective of what the rest of the people in the community are up against i think so uh, i'm going to just really quickly put out where you can see that you can go to seiu 1021 mendo housing report dot org it was um, put out uh... december 15th of 21 Um, I am going to guess that both of you were involved in that. Is that yes. right? They're both shaking yes. their heads. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because this is a big issue. Uh, I mean, the wages and the housing and all of that. It's so integral and so in. They impact each other so much. All right, and it impacts everybody. So, um, can we have so
1: many? We have yeah, so Julie, many employees it. who live in Lake County because they just can't afford to live here.
0: Yeah. Who, and- is, whose idea was it to do this? I mean, you guys just decided to jump in and do it because it's so critical?
2: No, I mean, we're hearing at every every membership meeting we would hold each month, we would hear from people about the huge issue of housing, but we would also hear from, from managers that they were trying to recruit people to fill positions, vital positions, you know, nursing positions, social work positions, planner positions. And, you know, they would interview people and then people, in some cases, would take the job, they would be here for a month or two living in a motel and eventually say, you know what, I can't find anywhere to live. I got to go back to where I was coming from. Um, this is a particular problem on the coast um, that, you know, there's just not only is housing too expensive, but in, in many cases, it's just non-existent. You know, when, when a apartment comes up for rent, there's 30 or 40 people in line applying for that apartment. And and the, the rates that, you know, landlords are asking are just astronomical. The, the wages that people earn here in the county um, can't cover, you know, that, those expenses. So, part of the reason, you know, was because we were hearing all of that from both our members, but also from, from managers at the county and other, you know, other uh, public employers that we represent. Um, and, you know, we wanted to try to come up with some, some solutions, some ideas of what could be done to try to start addressing this. Um, and we did list some of those in our report. Um, an organization, a group that's been you know, working on this issue for years, the housing action teams, there's an in, uh, inland one and a coastal one, put out some great materials um, that the Coastal Group put out a proposal to address short-term vacation rentals. And for some reason, the Board of Supervisors has yet to take that up. Um, a lot of other communities, a lot of other cities and um, counties have been addressing this because that's eating up a lot of our housing stock that we need for people who work here, people who provide the services. If we don't have somewhere for people to live, we don't have an economy.
0: Yes, true. And I'm, I've had the sheriff on the air, and he's talked about that. I've had various supervisors on the air; they talk about it. Everybody's talking about it, um, and I'm not seeing a lot happen. Uh, where did this report go? I know you published it. Uh, it's online, folks. You can go see it. I just said SEIU 1021 Mendocino House Housing Report. Is it Housing Report um, dot Housing Report um, so you gave a copy to the board of supervisors did it go anywhere
2: you know they they set up some ad hoc committees and and talked about it and um you know there were some some efforts to look for a property where there might be some housing development you know one bright light in in our county here is some of the work that's been done at the city of fort bragg um you know they've set up a housing trust um to create uh workforce housing um, they've got some housing development that's going on. There's you know some real visionary um, ideas. they've They've approved um, a tiny mobile uh, houses um, in that community that you know the board of Supervisors has also been talking about. so there there are lots of good ideas out there. What we need is is some leadership at you know at the board level, some oh. people who will actually take, you know take the initiative um to start making some of this stuff happen because, A lot of the housing development that's happening is happening in other counties because uh, contractors can make more money there. And unless we start providing some incentives or else do some of the development ourselves, we're just not going to see, you know, the housing stock that we need uh, developed here. And what it means is a lot of uh, native Mendocino County residents have to leave. You know, families are seeing their children not being able to live here because they have nowhere to live. They've got to go somewhere else. And that's just tragic.
0: And I've seen, I don't know if it counts, I don't know if you're seeing it, I see a lot of uh, housing going up in Ukiah also. I think that is a lot of low-income housing, the apartments and senior housing. Uh, it's on Bush Street, the opposite of Low Gap. Uh, it, I've seen a lot of that happening. So I think that's the redevelopment um, that's doing that. I'm not sure who's doing that, but there has been a The infill in Ukiah seems to be going... Fairly good, as, but that's apartment buildings, not individual single-family homes, correct?
2: That- yeah, that's certainly needed. Um, part of the problem, though, with a lot of that housing, some of it's farm worker housing, some of it, as you say, is, is uh, housing for people with disabilities. Um, and, and the reason that that's getting developed is because there's federal money for that. Uh, what's not getting developed and, and what there's a crucial need for is actually uh, middle-class housing, work for housing. Um, housing that you know, people who work full-time um can can afford and that's what we're not seeing right those those units that you mentioned aren't open for you know uh the majority of of folks who live in our community
0: Um, that's what i heard they make they make just over the limit to get in because there's a limit of how much money you can make to get into those units and so if you work for the county even though your wage is lower than other counties you're still above the subsidized housing is that right correct
2: yeah Okay. You know, as Julie mentioned, you know, in our report we, we identified about thirty percent of our members who live in Lake County because it's a little deeper over there. But then a lot of our members also, you know, still live with their families. You know, they live uh, you know, with multiple families in one in one house, not because, you know, that's the what they want to do, it's because that they have to do. They just have no other alternatives.
0: Okay, I would like to, at this point, because I think it's a great report, I recommend people to go that are interested in this and housing, uh, to go to the report and just check it out. I would like to read off, I actually printed out the five recommendations because I think they were really good. I would like to stress again that I hope the Board of Supervisors and uh, those who are responsible for housing and helping it happen in the county might be listening and chance, and go back and look at this so one we call on the county to dedicate staff time and resources to the mendocino county building trust fund to help support housing development two we call on the county to dedicate staff time and resources to seek out housing development grants and funds from state and federal sources number three We call on the Board of Supervisors to pass a moratorium on the conversion of single-family houses to new short-term vacation rentals in the unincorporated areas of Mendocino County. Number four, we call on the county to dedicate staff time and resources to continuing the streamline and simplifying zoning and permitting requirements for housing development and preservation. Number five, we call on county... We call on public employees to get involved in supporting housing development throughout the county to aid staff recruitment and retention, identifying unused public land and utilizing such sources as the Teach Housing Act of 2016. So after all of that work you did, you came out with five very succinct recommendations to the county, which I hope they take some... uh, direction and maybe put together a committee or something because this issue is not going the way this issue has been here for a long time other counties are dealing with it there are prototypes of how you deal with it so we don't have to go recreate the wheel how's that for my spiel that's in my humble opinion Okay. All right. So again, folks, you're listening to K2AX. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. Um, we're talking county employees. Or we're talking labor and working issues in Mendocino County today. So. I, I see this as a real spiral, you guys. I have a, um, This is a thing where you get in it and you kind of feel like you're going around the drain. You're not really going down the drain, but you're getting ready to go down the drain. Because we have vacancies at the county, which means that a lot of work is getting doubled up by people that are employed. A lot of that has to do with a lot of going and collecting money, getting new money. Uh, seeking out, you talk about seeking out grants, you talk about getting permits more streamlined, you're talking about all this work that needs to be done to do this, which takes people. So, um, how do we, this is where I get lost. I mean, we, we have these people that have been at the county for years. Um, uh, the last, not the last two board members, the last board meeting on August 16th, you had quite a few of your members there who spoke very eloquently. Can I say that? You had some really good speakers. You also had um, your members at the July 12th board meeting, again, speaking very eloquently about how the people that are working at the county love the county, want to work at the county, have worked a long time at the county. But it's getting to the point where they it's not a livable wage in the county. So where are you guys? What's What type of how are you approaching this as labor? I guess that's what I want to say. How are you approaching this labor? Because it's all interconnected.
1: It is all all interconnected. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that we looked at was, uh, you know, the CEO's office recommended that we have a 20% um, surplus in our general fund. Now, there's no other counties in in I think even in California, most have um, between an eight and an eleven percent surplus. So this twenty percent is really um, an abundance of caution, in my opinion. Um, and so, uh, you know, so that that is one of the um, one of the things that that you know we wanted to address um, in the in the past. I think. Uh, um, I hate to say this, but in the past, I think that there have been um, some struggles that shouldn't have happened. For example, um, uh, putting all your eggs in a cannabis basket maybe wasn't a great idea. Um, you know, we all could have seen with legalization that prices would drop. Um, you know, that the rollout of that was kind of a disaster. Um, but aside from the cannabis tax, which is, you know, has decreased. Um, What we're seeing is that property taxes are certainly going up because home values are going up. We're seeing the TOT, the the, uh, transient occupancy tax on the coast is, you know, that people are coming to the coast in droves now that, um, you know, they can get out and move around. So that's going up. So, um, you know, so we're seeing county revenues um, increase um, despite the protestations, of you know, of management saying, you know, we're poor um we don't we we think the county is pretty healthy financially and so what we're saying is that rather than rather than stand in a circular um firing squad you know um, or you know the death spiral, however you want to put it hire people to go out and to collect the revenues to collect the property taxes to collect um you know the the, the, the all the different revenues that are out there uh, that were uh, that you know the board has admitted we're not collecting and we're not collecting them because we don't have enough staff and we don't have enough staff because people don't want to work for uh you know minimum wage and you know when you get down to like the staff assistance um, these are people who are essential to making the county run. And when they can go work at a fast food joint and make more money in their paycheck every month, um, you know the fact that they may work for the county and they may get um, a pension after thirty years that doesn't pay the rent next month. And so that's a problem. We
0: have to get wages up. So when you talk about so th- that's the conundrum. You you want to get wages up for the to hire new but then you also want to retain the people that you have so you've got to balance the act of raising everybody up um that's what because we just aren't getting the applicants i mean we have to admit that unemployment right now is at the lowest it's been in ages i don't know if that's real or not real but it sounds good when they say it's at you know three percent but i do say just on the ground everybody's having a hard time hiring so do you raise everybody up or do you raise the positions that you're trying to fill? How, how do you see that as a union balancing that?
2: Yeah, I mean, what we're proposing is that everyone be raised, right? We, we're still below market, you know, even though we, we made some great strides in the last contract, we're still below market. So we need to get up to markets that we can recruit people that we need, retain the people that we've got. Um, I mean, another another piece of this this puzzle that i think um sometimes gets overlooked is you know almost half of the the county's budget is what they call non-general fund uh, positions and departments so most of the talk goes on about the general fund you know the, the property taxes and tot taxes and sales taxes that are funding uh, you know some of the departments but quite a lot of the county is funded by state and federal money um so we have you know vacancy rates in a lot of those departments that's basically leaving money on the table in Sacramento and D.C., that really should be coming in here to Mendocino County. And we've also got, you know, those positions that aren't filled means that, you know, people's benefits are delayed, uh, you know, serious investigations of abuse are being delayed, Um, a lot of the work that, you know, gets done by social services, public health, behavioral health, substance abuse um, are not getting done because we have such high vacancy rates in those areas. And, you know, as we've already mentioned that the county really doesn't have a financial crisis, what they've got is a vacancy crisis. The money is there. And there's also, as Julie mentioned, money that's not being actively collected, because we're not offering a high enough wage to hire those people who would be the revenue collectors. Um, to, to bring that money in so the county can continue to do the vital work that it does.
0: So Patrick, um. what's the issue? What's the I, So I understand what you're saying here. That's, that's separating out the money that comes out of the county's general fund to pay for employees and staff and all that. That's the sheriff's department and all of that. But when you get to um, staffing that is covered by federal and straight, state grants, why aren't those positions getting filled? If the money is there is it because they're not offering enough with the reimbursements from the federal and state grants? Or or is that really down to housing? If the money is there from federal and state and grants, and it's there to be spent on employees, that to me would be a given. Man, you could go out and fill those positions right away, but
2: I'm not a government yeah, but, employee. You know, the county is just artificially keeping wages down. In some instances, because it has positions that cut across both general fund departments and non-general fund departments, you know, as, as Julie mentioned, like the staff assistants, but why they keep wages down for social workers and substance abuse uh, counselors and public health nurses, you know, we just scratch our heads about it. It makes no sense. I, I, I guess they feel like if they're not going to give everyone the same increase, they're not going to give anyone an increase. Um, and again, that it, it, just, it, it boggles our mind and, and we're just scratching our heads in the negotiations as to why they're Taking this position.
1: And, you know, let me let me get back to this 20 percent surplus, because, you know, the county um, taxes people and they collect these taxes and people pay taxes. They pay taxes for services. They don't pay taxes so that the county can have a big fat surplus pile of money. They want services and they're not getting services because of this vacancy rate. So it is. It's it's turning into a circular firing squad.
0: <laughs> so maybe we can um, just to get some little bit of perspective on. You talk about uh, one of you can talk about it. Um, that we're behind on what the wage we pay, yet the county says, "Oh, we've given increases over the last three years comparable to other counties." It's my understanding that uh, Mendocino County, being um, not comparable, goes way back to 2009, when they really, we were in the thrust of the recession, and they had to cut, I I think, uh, I know neither of you were here at the time, but I know the county employees took a big cut in wages, and not many, in, or not, either very little or none at all increases for several years. So could you give us just a little bit of history as to, this isn't happening right now, this is kind of a ripple effect from 09, 010, I believe? Can somebody catch us up on that with a little bit of history?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I, that's exactly what happened. Is in that intervening ten years, we really didn't have. Um, a, uh, we didn't have any increases, and so by 2019, we were so far out of market value uh, that it was we could not retain, we couldn't hire people, um, you know. And the board of supervisors realized this that we were they were we were in really desperate shape. So that was why they approved. Um, the, uh, the, the cost of living adjustment uh, in 2019, but that, you know, and that helped, but it still has not brought us up to market value. We're still, you know, between 5 and, I think, 5 and 12 percent below market, market rate. Um, and when you add in um, the cost of housing and, you know, 9 percent inflation is eating up those gains that we made. And so, you know, so that's another, um, that's another real problem.
0: Yeah, so this is something we're trying to catch up on is what I'm hearing and what I've perceived through everything. It's that we, the, the employees really did take a bite, did help during the recession and getting the county through all of that, which we did make it through. Um, and now they're behind because of that. Okay, so uh, one of the things that comes up quite a bit that I'd like you to explain to me and the listeners is we have this whole thing that we hear about with the health costs for the county employees. Um, I've always been um, self-employed. It's been many, many years since I've been employed With or even had health insurance. I've always had to do my own. So can you explain to the listeners and me I know the county has its own health insurance program or something. We don't buy into it. So how does that work? And what is the cost to the employees monthly? Because if if um, their wage isn't going up, uh, cost of living is going up 9%. I know for a fact that health care is going up. So don't they have to pay in monthly? Can somebody, one of you explain that to us, please?
2: Yeah, real quick. Um, so the Mendocino County has a self-funded health plan. So they basically set aside... And take out of employees' paychecks a certain amount of money each month to pay out for uh for medical bills um that people uh you know accrue when they go to see the doctor or dentist or have their eyes checked. And the one of the real challenges with a self-funded plan is you know there can be real spikes in the utilization. And that's what you know you've heard about most recently. Um coming out of COVID, um, there was a you know, a lot of costs directly related to COVID, but also costs from people who delayed going to see the doctor or who weren't able to see the doctor for quite a long period of time. So the, the county actually has a, a big deficit in their self-funded plan, um, which they had to make up with, uh, you know, other funds. Um, we've been encouraging them to to look at other kinds of insurance programs. One of the real challenges here in Mendocino County is we just don't have much health uh uh, health uh, competition you know there's a you know one hospital system that pretty much dominates stuff right um you know just for south in sonoma county they have a whole range of medical options so their insurance costs are dramatically lower you're kind of cutting um, out patrick you're kind of cutting out maybe get your mic closer uh, i'm sorry yeah no, i was just saying that, you know in sonoma county their their medical costs are dr- dramatically lower because there's a lot more Competition in the healthcare market. So, you know, we have sort of the worst of both worlds. We have very expensive coverage that's not very good. Um, there's a lot of county employees who really feel like we have a, an inferior plan, um, and the county complains as well because it's it's also very expensive. Um, so we're hoping that they can find you know an insurance plan that's going to move our group into a much larger pool, which will smooth out the costs. Um, you know, for the for the county and for for our uh, medicino county residents
1: and this is something that you know has been going on for at least 20 years i mean you know seiu has been suggesting to them that they move us into a larger pool and now finally they're doing that um and i just i want to um kind of segue into something that um because they have this budget they had a hole in the budget for the health care plan they used um, some of the uh, 16.8 million dollars that um, the county got in American Rescue Plan Act funds, and those are the ARPA funds. And um, you know, this money was um, specifically supposed to be for a number of things, but one of the things it was specifically supposed to be for was to as a thank you for all the employees the the, the the public servants who uh, worked so were so dedicated during COVID, during the pandemic, and while other counties and cities, um, you know, were given uh, a, that thank you in economic thank you uh, a year ago, you know, months and months and months ago, Mendocino County has been sitting on this money. And um, they, uh, they decided to use some of that money to plug the hole in the healthcare care plan. Uh, and so, um, you know, uh, this is something that I, I personally think could have been avoided if they had um, begun looking at a larger, a different plan a long time ago.
0: Um, So I do want to say, I want to just go back a bit. Uh, One of the things I'd heard about and I think I've read is that uh, several years ago when the cost of... um, per month for the employees for their health insurance was going up the county actually did a time period where they didn't have to pay it was kind of a um i don't know what you'd call it a vacation vacation there we go vacation on paying it um can can one of you explain a little bit because i do want to give the county the benefit of doing having done that during a critical time uh and I'm not sure how long it was for. I don't know how much money it amounted to in the pocket to our employees.
2: Can one of you get us up to date on that? Yeah, it was, you know, so as a self-funded plan, um, there are rules about how much of a surplus they can uh, retain. And so they were getting uh, notifications from, you know, the, the government agency that oversees these kinds of plans that they had too much of a surplus in their, in their health plans. That's, that's one of the challenges of these kinds of plans. They're paying out a lot, at a time they're not paying out at all. So they did um, a couple of years' worth of, um, I think three months, uh, November, October, November, December, of, of a couple of years. Um, neither the employees nor the employer paid into the health plan uh, so that they could pay down some of the surplus that was in that plan. Um, unfortunately, you know, they probably overdid it, and now that we have, you know, high costs, they really could use that, that plus, could have used some of that money. Um, but, you know, that's sort of water under the bridge at this
0: point. Okay, so the county did attempt to do that, but they were kind of forced to do that because of the over the overflow of the money in the other one. Um, the other thing is, is that I did, uh, HR, the executive office, HR sent me a fact sheet. Yesterday afternoon. That was interesting for this show. Thank you, HR, uh, from Mendocino County Executive Office, because they knew I had, turns out that both of you are on the negotiating team for the labor union, and which you're in the contract with, so they wanted to make sure that I had all the pertinent information from their side of it. I sent a copy to Patrick and, and Julia so they could see it. Um, it, it, it implies here that the county is considering, they don't want to do, they're talking about not, when we're talking about the ARPA money, I want to go back to the, the COVID money that came into the county, $6.8 million, the American Rescue Plan, ARPA funds. am uh, 16.8, um, 16. 16. 8, excuse me. Yeah, I've talked about it a little bit, but we've never known where the money's actually going because they haven't really decided where it's all going yet. I haven't seen a dispers. Dispar- disbursement schedule yet or i would put that on on the air uh but the county's talking about rather than doing committing to raising salaries they are looking into a one-time supplemental payment but from what i gather they're still looking into it it's not like it's really designated when if and how much our employees are going to get is how how are you is that what i you're seeing too or what
2: from your side what are you seeing no, I mean this was actually a proposal that we had made um, you know as Julie mentioned a little earlier counties and cities across California gave out this ARPA money you know, almost a year ago um, when they got it. it it's it's federal money um, you know thank you to Joe Biden and, and uh, Congress for approving this um, and recognizing the hard work and dedication of public employees um, around the country so the expectation was that a portion of this money would go to uh, public employees um, you know so a lot of other counties and cities have already done this city of santa rosa gave five thousand dollars to their employees counties 25
0: don't turn away patrick we lose you when you turn away
2: uh three thousand in kern county but every single county every single city has uh, provided this this arpa money to essential workers who are carrying out uh this work um so for the county now to say that they're somehow doing us a favor by passing on the money that they received from the federal government for this purpose. um, I think it's kind of disingenuous. All these other places I've mentioned um, provided this ARPA uh, support in addition to cost of living increases. So this is not instead of, but in addition to. um, And that's the expectation that county employees have here. And they're not gonna be fooled uh, by the county uh, saying that we'll we'll give you this money that the feds gave us, but uh, we're not gonna help you keep up with 9% inflation. And, you know, as, as we've said, you know, looking at their books, they, they can afford it. Um, every other county, every other city um, has been able to give uh, cost of living increases to their staff because they recognize that we're in a very challenging uh, environment with this, uh, you know, through the, through the roof inflation that we're dealing with.
0: So... <sighs> I hate to say this. I, it kind of feels like they're holding out on that money for negotiating terms on the way. Um, I mean, if, if it was, you would have thought, I know that the county's only received half of that money. I will say that. They've only received a chunk of that 16800000 uh, million. They're anticipating getting more. Um But they didn't generate, they did not give the employees a bonus, what you call, uh, which I guess, I don't know what you'd call it, not really a bonus, a supplemental payment, I guess is what they call that. But that didn't happen when it was needed during the COVID and all of that. It may, it may happen with the next chunk of money came in. I, we don't know. Um, So you are in negotiations and you said you're going for a one-year contract, which to me seems structurally it's good for the union because the cost of living and expenses and we don't know what the economy is going to look like in a year but it also makes it more encumbersome for you and the county to be negotiating every year with labor because that's not an easy process i know i've done it before it's not an easy process so what's the strategy for the employee the seiu for doing a one year contract
2: Well, we're doing it reluctantly because the county says they just have no idea where things are headed. Um, You know, unfortunately, we've heard some of the board members say they have no idea what's happening right now. Um, And that's that's troubling as well. Um, But, you know, if if they're not willing to commit to reasonable uh, cost of living adjustments in a second and third year of a contract, it just makes no sense for us to, you know, to negotiate that. That's not what we're seeing in other counties. You know, Contra Costa County just settled their contracts uh, 5% each year for four years. So, you know, other counties are looking at the same economy and saying, you know, we're, we're comfortable. We, we are confident that, you know, we can structure ourselves and organize ourselves in a way to, um, you know, to commit to a number of years uh, to our employees. And it's unfortunate that here in Mendocino County, we're not getting that that level of commitment.
0: Well, and I would also say that if I was coming in from out of the county to get a county job, I would like to see some labor stability. I mean, if I'm coming in for a union job and I see, oh my God, that's up for negotiations in a year, that doesn't seem to be too stable for me as a employee coming in. But that's kind of my perspective on it. Um, okay, so you're in the middle of negotiations. That's I'm wondering... The 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 letter that I was sent from the county said that you guys have been given more that the that the union has been given a lot of internal documentation around the budget around vacancies and all of that and it it almost sounded to me like you've gotten more information that I as a as a journalist reporter whatever you want to say um, can get online have you gotten more information
2: and know more than the rest of us. To negotiate no no i mean they, they sent that out um uh, as a press release the information that i think they're referring to okay um and and one thing i think people need to understand is some of the information they 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 provided us was how many positions the county has that are unfilled but that are budgeted um and they did not have that list uh when they voted on the budget um which which is, again, troubling. You know, the the board members themselves brought it up at the board meeting. When we asked that question in the board meeting, how many of these, there were 402 unfilled positions. We asked how many of those positions are actually part of this budget. The CEO didn't have an answer. The board members didn't know. um, But they went ahead and, and approved the budget anyway, not knowing how many people they were actually approving a budget for. So, after the fact, they started doing the work to try to discern how many people they actually budgeted for. So, it's not that they did extra work for us. It's work they should have done themselves. It's it's what they should have understood going into the budget process. Um, and again, so that's troubling. And, and we've heard from supervisors that, that they feel like they're in the dark. They're voting on things they don't understand. They're not given the, the detailed information they need to make rational decisions about how to spend, you know, the tax money that they receive. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. And I've actually been trying to
0: dig to find a lot of these things. And I will say, um, the schedules, the budgets, the year-to-date actual, or even the actual for each year in the budget has been very difficult to try to track down. Uh, I am going to, you know, I'm going to open up the phone lines because I would like to see if anybody has any concrete questions
2: for I, you folks. Before you do that, Karen, can yeah. I just say one quick thing? Yeah, I, I go ahead. Patrick. One point we definitely want to make t- today you know, since there hasn't been this back and forth about, you know, yes, the county can afford a reasonable cost of living for its yes. employees or no, it can't. You know, we've we've brought up a number of, of solutions for the county. Um, you know, one that we've talked about a lot is all these funded unfilled positions. So the county could look at uh, converting a small portion of those general fund funded positions. Um, and that money then could be uh, repurposed for cost of living uh, increases during this 9% inflation that we're dealing with. One of the arguments the county has used against that is, oh, well, our, our overtime and our extra help expenses will go up if we don't fill those positions. But if you actually look at the budgets, if you actually look at the numbers, that's just not the case. Um, the, the cost, the extra cost of overtime and extra help does not eat up the, the salaries of those unfilled positions. So that's That's one quick solution. Another is, you know, they just voted at their last meeting to borrow an extra $10 million um, to do capital improvement projects. You know, the the jail expansion costs are increasing. So they have a lot of other capital improvement uh, expenses that they can use some of that $10 million to cover, which then would also free up money for cost of living increases. Um, If you look at the county's budget over the last four or five years, they always uh, overestimate Expenses and underestimate revenues. In some cases, by a lot. Their sales tax revenue projections over the past four years were off twenty-seven percent, one hundred and twelve percent, six and a half percent, thirty-one percent. So they they always think they're going to bring in less and spend more, and that's just not the case. So they could they could dedicate they could reduce their their uh, their services and supplies budget. Um, by 3%, and that would free up another $3 million to give, you know, the deputies, the corrections officers, and their county staff the wage increases that they need to afford to live here in this county. So, um, so, yeah, so that's that's just a couple. There's lots of other ideas that we've presented. The county's not coming forward with any ideas. Every Supervisors in every county in the state juggle around the budget to figure out how to support their employees. For some reason, we're not seeing any effort being made here in Mendocino to do that same thing. And it's got employees, understandably frustrated and angry.
0: Well, and we're losing a lot. Of, we're losing a lot of employees because of the wage. We're also losing it because they've been working for twenty and thirty years, and they're just ready to retire and not put up with the hassle. Patrick, can you? I heard at one time, what's a ballpark figure for the increase that you're asking over all of your employees? It was like, did I hear two or three million increase?
2: Yeah, for our bargaining unit, maybe three point two million. Okay, um, you know, i we just want to get a ballpark. Just, yeah, if they trim their their supply and, and services budget by three percent that would cover the entire cost all right well the and, phone,
0: the phones have actually been ringing so uh eight nine five two four four eight those that are you know dedicated listeners know that um we don't have much time so i want you if you're coming on i want a nice succinct question not a lot of commentary how's that folks are we ready because um, i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna toe the line here all right let's do this caller you're on the air with us
3: Good morning. <clears throat> I am one of these people trying to get the uh, one of these jobs, and uh, I think that uh, the unwillingness of Mendocino County HR to be flexible, but uh, in part the union is responsible for them not being flexible. In what let's way? Part time. Fle- okay. They don't consider part time their COVID mandates. The COVID mandates for the entire United States have come out. They're unwilling to step up and say, okay, we're changing. These are the new uh, 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 requirements. Let's open it up. No, the, there is nothing like that. Uh, salary has never been one of my top considerations. so i think that the hiring process for example when their interview before the interview they should really ask a lot of questions so that when you go into the interview they're ready to hire you let's say
0: alright let me but, get that uh, question let me get that question to the folks thanks for calling in okay alright any comments on that one jump in one or the other of you
2: Flexing flex time and all of that. Do
0: you have control over
2: that? That's county,
0: isn't it, from HR?
2: Yeah, no, we're more than more than willing to have part time. We do have part time employees. There's no thought. objection to that? Um, and we've we've been on human resources about trying to speed up their hiring process because that's a big concern of ours. Um, it can take them six months or more in some instances between uh, posting a job and filling a job. But we're losing a lot of really good qualified candidates because by the time HR gets back in touch with them, they've taken a different job somewhere else. Some of this is mandated, you know, equal opportunity requirements that the that the county has. But we still think that they could do what they do much more quickly, so that we can grab up those those good folks and fill up these vacant positions that we've got.
0: Well, and does HR itself they have um, lack of staffing? Are they low on staff they, also? They I mean, absolutely. I mean, is, is, is there is there mm-hmm. is there any department in the county that is fully staffed? What it should be. You're both shaking your heads, no, I know you folks can't see it, so I'm saying they say no. All right, let's see if we can get another caller on, just because I do like to open up the lines. Good morning, caller, you're on the air. A question?
2: Yes, Yes, I have not heard any mention of the... Uh Retirement benefits that are paid out by the county, and I had heard at one time that it was as much as 70% of the county's income paid out in retirement benefits. I don't know if that's still true, uh, but I'm sure that, uh, Carmel Angela, who was not a very good CEO for the county, is probably collecting around $200,000 a year. So, I, I wanna hear that figure of retirement benefits, uh, discussed please thank thank you
0: you. all right so retirement benefits is a big issue all over the country all over california pension funds are taking down many county funds many state funds um... we're all throwing our hands up in the air um... it is kind of what it is we can't i don't see us rolling back pension funds and uh... okay either one of you jump in (laughs)
2: No, that I mean, 70% is, is not accurate it's it's maybe 20% um, of uh, it, it is the cost to the county in terms of funding uh, employees pensions and employees have to work 30 or 40 years for the county to get a, a full you know full pension um, and employees also kick in their own portion um, to fund their own pensions so it is one of the you know it's one of the benefits that that attracts and keeps people in, in public employment. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that more employees don't have pension plans because they absolutely need them. Unfortunately, I think what we're seeing uh, going forward in this country is a lot of people who have to work until they die because they don't have enough. You know, Social Security does not cover your expenses when you retire, and most people, you know, might have a four hundred one k or a little bit of savings, but they don't have enough money to actually retire. Um, so that's there's a huge crisis that's coming. Because so many people that used to have pensions, businesses that used to provide pensions, no longer do that. Um, so that's you know that's something that uh, you know we need to address as a society,
0: as a whole country. Yes, and as I will say flat out, uh, Social Security has not had cost of living increases that have kept up or even gone come close to any upgrades with that so um we're coming up to the end of the hour i know we've got another caller trying to get in but i'd like to wrap up with these folks because i need to get out of here before the next show so Julie uh... uh... Beersley, uh last comments and uh, what you'd like to get out to the listeners i know we've got a great workforce i want them to stay here i love having people i know when i go to these different offices to get stuff done it's wonderful so Go gang. Yeah, we, the time.
1: we recognize that the, the county, you know, needs to put money into capital improvements, and you know, that's, I mean, you know, we want to keep our roads going, and and you know, we want our county buildings to be safe. But what we're asking is that the board of supervisors put the employees as their first priority, because it's the people who work for the county who make this county run. It's not the buildings. It's not the the cars. It's not the trucks. It's the human beings that work for the county. So we're asking, make make us your
0: first priority All right. and work with us. Patrick, last comments?
2: Yeah, I would just, uh, again, you know, to the Board of Supervisors, um, you know, do what every other county has done. Um, get creative, look at your, your large budget. Uh, the funds are there. It's just a matter of, of reallocating some money here and there. Um, recognize that the budget is is a projection not a, not a factual document um, they can they can move the money around to provide all county employees with a reasonable cost of living to help them keep up a little bit with the huge inflation that we're dealing with